You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 419, fly a few air miles, plant a few trees. Does that make it all okay? The band reunions we hope never happen and Gwyneth Paltrow's bookshelves. It's all coming up after Tony, Tony, Tony and If I Had No Loot.
From the sample-heavy era of the mid-90s, the lead single from their album Sons of Soul, number 44 in the UK, number 7 on the Billboard Hot 100, in the summer of 1993, Tony, 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 and If I Had No Loot. Actually, I tell you what, though, Jules, another band possibly mm-hmm. held back from greater success because of choosing a daft name. Yes, Tony, absolutely. Tony. I think Nothing, absolutely. No relation to them at all. Like Prefab Sprout, um, you know, who don't want a poster on their wall as a teenager yeah, saying Toby Sprockets? It was had some sort of talk around them when I was growing up. I think it might have been 2000 Hump, and they never got yes, anywhere. Exactly. Why that's just a weird and silly name. Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode four, Terence Stackham, and let's find out if she's putting in a sealed bid to buy Greenland. It's Juliet Harris. <laughs> I'd be interested in buying Iceland. Their sausage rolls are superb. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I will not be. I will not be joining the silent auction. It oh. doesn't even exist. Can I just point out that it was never for sale? This is what's so alarming about it all. But anyway, hello everyone. Now, any view any of us hold uh, on the Duke and Duchess of Sussex uh, this week would be influenced by our choice of reading. Uh, readers of Hello! magazine would have learnt that Harry and Meghan have shared a heartwarming message with their 9.3 mm. Instagram followers. It's essentially... Uh, 9.3 million, I assume, rather than 9.3, although I would like to be 0.3 of a follower. 9.3 million, I'm glad you mm. picked me up on that, because, yes, 0.3 of a follower, you know, would it be the top third, the bottom third? It would have been a bit awkward. But if it would have to be feet, because you couldn't follow anybody if you couldn't walk after them, I suppose. Anyway, carry so, on. Sorry, yes, I'm, I'm glad you picked up on that. Yes, it's a heartwarming message with their 9.3 million followers on Instagram. And, yes, it's a photo of some cupcakes with some warming, motivating messages mm. on them. Uh, Daily Telegraph readers discovered this week that Meghan and Harry were... Uh, uh, they've appointed a new nanny. Um, so that is all fascinating news. But readers yeah, it's all of, deeply essential, yeah. No, readers of the tabloids, though, um, they're seeing the Duke and Duchess through far less rosy spectacles. Um, fears for monarchy as Harry's behaviour harmful and Harry and Meghan take four private jets in four days. Now, Elton John popped up uh, rather like a... a, a, a <laughs> it's always nice to hear, see him on the scene, yes. Like a 747 in the wind. And he said <laughs> that he paid for the flights and that we ensured their flight was carbon neutral by making the appropriate contribution to carbon footprint. Uh, now, there you go then, Jules. Everything is OK. Run up some air miles, plant some trees. Everybody wins, um, don't they? I do find this a bit tricky. I must admit this story. But I think what's... Well, I think there are multi-facets to this. Personally, I think it's fair to say that I think that Meghan Markle gets, an, well, as she as once was, gets a, hmm. te- or Meghan Sussex, as I suppose she now is, gets a, a terrible ride in the press. And I think that a, that a lot of that is, I think a lot of that is racially, racially motivated. It is hard to argue. Hmm. When people say she's not in keeping, I think it's very clear Ooh. what they mean. So I do have a lot of, I've seen that written before, So and heard that said before by by sort of so-called royalist fans, if you see what I mean. Yes. Um, I like her a lot, and I think it's quite interesting. I find it interesting that they are trying to remake the kind of or, or you know they do seem to be trying to remake the idea of what are, what royals are and what role they should play and actually i think that harry is just kind of continuing on from sort of some of the stuff that prince charles does really some of his kind of advocacy and public statements i have issues with prince charles and his interventions <laughs> in planning law by the way mm. but i do appreciate that he is when talking about climate change 
when talking about religion he he is trying to be more pluralist and more interesting and you could argue that you know what if the royals really do have the wealth that they do and sort of live off live on the public purse that they do it's interesting to think about their contributions to public life so so i i i enjoy not just because they they seem roughly to be in the same place politically and socially as I am, but I I, I enjoy the fact that Harry and Harry and Meghan are trying to trying to intervene in a positive way in public life and be good role models. I think that's very interesting, and I like that. Having said that, though, William and Kate also do um, also Duke and Duchess of Cambridge also do things in a less showy way, and I think the problem is that there is something that's a little bit Bono esque about it sometimes. <laughs> yes. In that. I do loads of good. Let me tell you about mm. all that. Let you, you must see all the good that I'm doing. I apologise for for fans slash friends slash Bono if you're listening. But um, but yeah, I I find that a bit tricky. And William and Kate do a lot of things, I think, but they do them rather less publicly than 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 Harry and and, and Meghan seem to. And there was an interesting contrast this week. Someone, of course, some enterprising paparazzi snapped a picture of William and Kate on a commercial flight to Scotland, which I thought was quite interesting. They 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 didn't you know. They didn't use a private jet, and I think it's I think, almost but, as if they were trying to send a message to somebody. Well, who who knows? Who knows if they were? But I do, I do, I do find it. I think the rub is, is that yes, by all means, isn't it great that you're making all these kind of public statements about being, you know, to use that lovely word that we love so much on this podcast, being woke about various <laughs> things. But equally, if you are going to be, you are going to be woke. Um, you should be wide awake. Um, you know, you should, you should not. It, it, it is a very. It then comes across as extremely critical if you're telling me that i need to go vegan because the planet's dying okay fine i'll get to a point where i probably will if it does seem that way but equally flying is the most damaging thing you can do you know in terms of the environment and you know and the fact that you then go ahead and do it doesn't look great it seems to be do as i say not as i do and i could i i have sympathy for elton john's intervention because he's always been very close to the princes having been a friend of their mother and i can see why he would feel protective of them but equally yes i i think that's good that they did they did try and offset their emissions but it would be better i think if given how much they have to say in the public which i i support i i think it's good that they do that be good if they didn't have any emissions to kind of uh, offset in the first place i don't warm to this offsetting the carbon usage by contributing to this carbon footprint company it's it's like it's like the Bullingdon Club smashing up a restaurant and then daddy paying the owner 20 grand the next yeah. day. Or like the Catholic Church selling indulgences to sinners so they can go to heaven. It's so absurdly illogical. Um, I put a brick through your window and the rain comes in and ruins your house, but I'll pay yeah. for the window. Um, it, it's just a loopy version of non-logic. I, I don't mind too much Harry and Meghan getting on a plane. Mm. It's the bit that you said where it's when people tell me how to run my life and then do the opposite themselves. That's a sort of footprint of hypocrisy. It is a little bit, yes. Although, having said that, I do I do admire some of the public statements that they are making. Yes, yes. The, the original message is good. It's just then... You Following know, that up, yes. yes. Coming next, bands unreunited. Which groups <laughs> would we least like to see get back together? That's next... Right after this choice from Juliet, it's Freddie Mercury. Sometimes I feel I'm gonna break down and cry. Nowhere to go, nothing to do with my time. I get lonely. So lonely. Living on my own.
I had the pleasure of participating and DJing at the uh, Hastings Pride Quiz once again this year, having done so last year. And uh, one of my pals did a music round, which he genuinely brought seven, seven, uh, ten seven-inch singles and then played an excerpt from them. So it was actually a real live music round, which I enjoyed very much. And of course, it had a bit of a bit of a gay theme. So in amongst the Liberace and stuff and stuff like that, <coughs> he played this. And the question for this track was, what year was this number one? Ah, uh, yes, of course. A, a trick question, Jules? Yes, it was. Because it, I can't remember the original release date, but then there was a remix, which we just played, which was sometime in the 90s. 93, that 93. that remix was. And I have to say, I really enjoy that remix. It's such a, it's, it really is a genuine banger. And, of course, at that point, me, uh, the, the host who was dressed in a tuxedo and, and, and uh, dinner jacket and tie, and uh, me that was dressed as a policeman in drag started dancing to it. I think there is video footage somewhere. We saw lots of people waving phones at us. But anyway, it's a hugely enjoyable track. I think that's great. Uh, it's Freddie Mercury and Living On My Own, the remix version. I like this remix because it does reduce a lot of the da 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 business. Yeah, the vocal acrobatics, yes. 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 Uh, but by the way, I've seen a photograph of you in your policeman's outfit <laughs> and it is it, stylish is not you know it, it's, <laughs> it's not, not enough the word. It's, no, no it's absolutely. not enough to describe it it was it was very much i, I was, was asked wonderful. to dress as one of the village people but it was too hot for black leather <laughs> so i decided i would take my inspo to use the young person's phrase apparently you don't say inspiration now you say inspo which oh, is uh, deeply yeah i know what does I, it mean try- inspiration yeah, so you say, all oh, my, you know, all oh, this is, my inspo for this oh. was, I know it's an Instagram saying, apparently, it's Insta, and your my inspo oh, on Insta see. for this, yeah, I think that's where it's come from, anyway, I like to keep us abreast of development. Oh, I'm so but, lucky to have yeah, you there to keep me in touch with you young people and your I way of life. It's given that I am the world's oldest young person, anyway, so my, my inspo for that was George Michael in the outside oh, video, yes. I decided I would go for that instead, but anyway, that was, that was glorious, I do like a bit of Freddie. We, I mean, we really do enjoy receiving your tweets and messages and this week we heard from uh, listener David Wright and I'll read his tweet in full he, he says he was watching Pink Floyd back at the Live 8 reunion and uh, quoting now can't believe this happened a brief but strained reunion to say the least good in momentary moments what reunions do you never want to happen in your lifetime and um, by the way that Pink Floyd brief reunion was peculiar I enjoyed that at the time I really did they seemed to quite enjoy it themselves on the day or give the impression they did but what was so sad was that immediately after they retreated back to the bitterness almost within hours it's a terrible shame yeah within days I think yeah yeah yeah. so there we are Jules Uh, which bands would you urge not to give thoughts to a reunion well actually so so there's one band I'm picking because of the ill feeling and particularly that the, the negativity that is attached to one member there's one band because i was just absolutely sick at the time and i you know i think i'll come up with the third one as we're talking okay. possibly but anyway we'll start off with the first one my first choice bands who for a while could probably have named their price to reform but unfortunately the the increasingly unpleasant public speaking antics of the singer mean that I have to say even if it was ever on the card which I don't think it was I don't think the Smiths reunion would be treated with the same affection as perhaps it would have been five or ten years ago frankly and I don't think I don't get the impression Johnny Marr wants anything to do with Morrissey now and and who can blame Johnny Marr frankly given his unpleasant statement which is a shame because they made some brilliant 
ambient music although it's difficult you could argue that their music might sound more relevant than before because of course it came with a time of kind of unrest and and political unhappiness in the 80s but yeah i i think that that the that the that the time has passed now for this mr reunite another band who I loved when they first came out, but began to try my patience again with their sort of public antics and their mass saturation coverage in the NME for no, for you know, for no, for want of anyone else to cover. It's probably the Libertines, I think. Oh, yes, and again, yes. Pete Doherty, who I once had a lot of time for as a young person. Again, I now see as a as a charlatan. I'm afraid I, I have I have no time for him again, you know, at all now. So I wouldn't, and, and it'd be interesting. But feel like they'd never gone away really because there was so much been written about them. That it seems a bit, seems a bit sort of unusual, really. Another band, and and another band who I I, I mean I like them, and I think I think the problem is is that lots of bands think that their time was the time, if you see, rather than their time that they forget that their time was a the time they were in, so they think they can keep coming back and recreating it. And you think, oh, do we do we really need to to hear this again? I know I like them, and I think they're really good, but. When I thought about oh, what bands would be embarrassing if they kind of you know if they just got mm. together again and played again now, I'm not sure Duran Duran would. Uh, oh would yeah, yeah. Okay. So so I know that I see mm. I seem abusive on the men, so do feel free to write in and abuse mm. me. But um, but yeah, there are lots of bands who I think they have their moments and it passes. Although having said that, some of the bands I'm going to say I would like to reunite. One of them particularly had a, quite a brief moment, but I would like to hear from them again. This, this is, there's a bit of a theme, really, isn't it? About it, it, it sort of just seems a bit excruciating in some cases mm. to imagine them. And um, I mentioned some months ago that I wouldn't like to see or more likely hear a Led Zeppelin reunion, a view I think shared by Robert Plant. Uh, some of those 1960s and 1970s lyrics really are just terrible, and, would, and they would sound horrendous, even more so in modern times. And Really, who wants to see a bloke wailing, baby, baby, yes, baby, Yeah, having said that, I did almost put them on my yes, I would like them to reunite mm. gig list because I, I really, I was sorry to have missed their, their last reunion at the O2 mm. years ago. Um, and we know, of course, that ABBA are planning to undertake a reunion tour, but only as holograms uh, next year. Mm, that but, seems a bit ridiculous. But the, the thing with that is that they will appear as their younger selves at the height of their success in, what, the 70s and mm. 80s. And as technology advances, maybe that could be, will be the answer, whether we like it or not. Go mm. on tour as holograms as you sit in your house back home watching the football. Um, right. The band I've always hoped wouldn't give it a go is The Clash. Yes. Obviously with well, Joe... Well, there's no Joe Strummer now. No so Joe Strummer, so yeah. they'd either have to replace him, of course, hologram him in, or... Oh, um, gosh, <laughs> yeah. oh that. don't say that. I thought of that dreadful. Or Mick Jones would have to take all the lead vocals, which wouldn't work at all. Of all I think of all music genres... Um, I think punk is the least successful when recreated uh, 40-plus years old. It all looks a bit silly and contrived, outdated, a bit insincere. So no punk reunions, please. Did you say you had a couple of bands that you would like to see? Yes, I did. And actually, I'm going to fly in the face of that because one of my bands that I've picked that I would like Mm. to see again is... Well, I don't know if you define them as punk or post-punk, so Mm. I'd be interested for your thoughts on this. Uh, I'm in a, a, a book club called Rock and Roll Book Club and we read books about music this is the one that Emma Anderson from Lush was briefly oh, in. Yes. I've mentioned it before and um, we name dropped Clang before and uh, we read a couple of uh, we decided we'd had a two month break so we'd read two books and we, ba- we read both books by Viv Albertine oh right and okay. as a result of which 
I would be interested. All the bands that I've picked that I would like to re- reunite again, interesting. The- all the bands that I've picked that I didn't want to reunite again were all male. And all the bands that I've picked that I would like to see- hear from again are-, are virtually all female. I think that, that, so I'll tell you the three bands that I've picked. Mm. I've picked the Slits, Elastica, the original lineup, oh, yeah, Elastica, yeah. and Electrolane, who appear to have mm. sort of stopped per- performing and stopped sort of doing things. Because I think that I don't want just to call it me too but there seems to be this kind of new wave of feminism at the moment and lots of interesting sort of discussion around it i would like to see these bands again elastica's time in the sun was very brief but at the same time it makes them feel very perfectly formed i think i get the impression that justine freeman doesn't want to know she lives quietly in america and i think mm. so i know some of the band that live locally to me and i get the impression that they'd probably be up for it but i don't i don't think she would be but i would yeah, elastica's songs were always they were quite funny about gender politics so i would like to i would like to hear their take on things again i would also like to see i'd like to see how the slits and electro lane react to the modern world i think i would i would like to i would like to hear from these bands i think that the themes in their music would fit the times and interestingly one band i did see who had reunited recently a later lineup rather than an early lineup was stereo lab and i thought they were excellent and the there's they their lyrics have always been quite heavily influenced by sort of marxism and 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 didactic thought and things like that and actually in the current political times they felt very apt and very appropriate so it is possible sometimes to have your moment again if the times come back round to reach you I'll only diss um, one of those and that's the slit it's just okay. a, a, a bit of a problem I saw them live oh, 10, 15 times and the tr- they, they were terrible live they were absolutely terrible oh, because okay. they couldn't play i hate to say it it was a great idea what happened was with the album which is one of my favorite albums of all time is that dennis bovell just did the most fantastic production job that could ever be imagined they yeah. brought budgie from Susie and the banshees in to play drums and uh, really that was a dennis bovell uh album um with uh, the slits doing the vocals over the top uh, really they were a shambles live and mm. i hate to say that but it was just a terrible ter- they just couldn't play uh, mm. quite quite often they they'd all be in different time and um viv would be playing different chords um at, at, from the bass uh, you know it was just it, it was just awful it was oh well okay job. well i take that slightly back then of those that might work uh, I think Ray and Day Davis are currently recording new songs and the potential of the kinks getting back together. Having said that, though, having seen mm. Ray Davis sing at Glastonbury recently, I didn't think he had a voice anymore. No, I saw him at Hyde... And that's... Sorry, Karen. No, I just said I was sorry about Hyde Park uh, five mm. or six years ago. And even by then, uh, his... Yeah, his uh, voice had begun to wander and, a bit. And I, think, and I think the problem is is that is that I think these bands should only really get mm. together again if they can still do it. I've got to be honest. There's no joy in seeing Debbie Harry not really being able to sing anymore. You know, that, I, that that's not how I want to remember these bands, really. It seems inevitable um, that one day one day the Gallagher brothers will unite, although we may be even decades away from that, but I just... Well, they constantly came, and they, I mean, they really do seem to, seem to, you know, there's always been that kind of, you know, brothers at war thing, but I, I, as, a, as a big Oasis fan when I was younger, I'm disappointed and saddened by just how hard their public statements mm. seem to be now. There seems to be a real, real freudeur between, and now that the kids have got involved mm. in kind oh, of, gosh, you know, yes. sort of, uh, yes, so tweeting about each other mm. and stuff, and that's just awful, really, so 
so as much as I would like that that doesn't seem I mean the time that they should have done it was for the Manchester bombing concert yes. and the fact that they couldn't do it for that mm. and, you, and Noel Gallagher sort of moaning about Liam Gallagher's thin version of Oasis songs it's like well, why don't you actually get up off your up off your off your rear and 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 do it then it does seem a bit a bit ridiculous really and interestingly we were talking I think we talked about this before about reunions mm. about how take that were very shrewd in working out that they had a market that was that was multi-generational and the Spice Girls similarly I actually played a Spice Girls record the other night which I never ever thought I would do whilst DJing because I constantly get requests from people and people of all ages so people of my sort of generation that remember them the first time around people in their 30s but people in their teens teenagers are very keen on them again it's it's interesting again how some moments come round it's a it's a very yes it's a very interesting point that you make um about whether one should get one one's voice is going so like we, yeah. we mentioned debbie harry ray davis and um sir paul mccartney is is one of those now a beatles or mini beatles with Downey harrison and julian lennon joining paul and ringo of course it'll never happen no. but how intriguing if it did i'd go and see them for sure but this is where your point comes in um Paul's voice now he he he's, he lends out some of the more difficult vocals to the band and uh, they help him with them. Um it's it's difficult because I can sort of take that on board. I'm seeing Paul McCartney and he's what will he be? He'll be 77. This You're not year. going to the Waterstones book signing, are you? Uh, no, I'm not going to. That would <laughs> to, be to just dreadful. Previous podcast, yes, yes. No, you're not, would, I, you're would... not taking the, your court artist to the book signing. Jules, I, I don't want to meet any of my heroes. I never no. want to meet them just in case. Because if, I mean, probably Sir Paul McCartney is probably my greatest hero in life, mm. never my music. And just if he was having a bad day and he was sort of snapped at me or was horrible to me, it would, I, I don't, you know, it would be so devastating to me so i just don't want to meet uh, anybody that i admire uh, uh, in that sense at all uh, yeah it's interesting who is thatcher wine uh, gwyneth paltrow could tell you and so will we right after psychedelic birds Your eyes are made of glass Looking through the window 
Oddly, the success they had with a handful of singles in the mid-80s seemed to work against them as they were seen as a bit of a teeny group, teen girls group briefly, but mm. enough to stall them. That stalled them more or less completely. Their first two albums were terrific. This is a single, this was a single uh, taken from their second album, Talk, 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 and it was a psychedelic verse from 1980 and Mr. Jones. Now we've brought you the two extremes of day-to-day cleaning. Uh, those extremes exemplified by Stella McCartney and Naomi Campbell uh, at our two ends of the celebrity scale. Um, now, a new string to our bow, How to Collect Books with Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, her book curator has given an interview to Town & Country magazine and the splendid fellow, rather wonderfully, is called Thatcher Wine. And that it, is ridiculous. That is just, that is insane. That is a made-up name. It sounds like one of Dennis Thatcher's least successful business schemes. <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't it? Yes, but when Mark gave up the arms yes. dealing, that's decided what he did instead, yeah. I, I checked on LinkedIn. This is a real person. He, li- he lives in Boulder, Colorado. What he appears to do and what has piqued the interest of Gwyneth is that he buys books in bulk for clients and then, get this, he creates special dust jackets for each book so they coordinate on the bookshelf. So, Jules, you'll be employing Thatcher Wine to rework your books, your albums and CD collections, uh, of course. If there's any words I hate more in the English language than rework, then I would like to see them, frankly. There are so many things about this that make me so incredibly cross. And I was reading this article, this link you sent me to Town and Country Mag, that mm. told me about Thatcher Wine, to whom I was gloriously oblivious <laughs> until that moment. Is that they that what? So I'm going to read this quote out. Um, it's an answer, sort of a Q and A style. So the question was: One of the things that made Juniper Books, this is his outfit, uh, so famous, is your custom book jackets. What do you? Think think of the rise of books in home decor to which Thatcher Wine says my invention for the book jacket means that someone can have the complete works of Jane Austen but in a certain Pantone chip colour that ratches the rest of the room or with a custom image people have invested in and this is the thing that really gets my goat people have invested in how their home looks they choose the cabinets the carpet the paint and the window coverings why settle for books that a publisher designed books can have as much style as anything else in the room Books are art. That's a work of art. Someone's written that. It's not just about a cover, although book covers are often very important. But someone has created a work of art for you to, you know, not just for you to have in your house as decor, but for you to enjoy. <laughs> and the idea that that you know, oh, oh, you know, that that's mis, it sort of fundamentally misunderstands what books are, what they're for, you know, what they bring to us, and how they really. I just I find it so sad that these works of that you know these these works of art, the, both the cover and the text within, are treated with such contempt. And they're because tra- I do see this as treating books with contempt. I must admit, I do I do get that you know there is such a thing as sort of styling home decor. And I have some sympathy with people that like to colour order their books because that looks quite nice. So I do have I'm not entirely unsympathetic to this, but it's just <laughs> the idea that he describes books as they are a reflection of where you've been and where you want to go. Yeah. 
yes, reading books and taking things and books is 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 a, is a you know that shapes us as people. All it is is you've got things out for people to look at so that you can say, look at me, I've got loads of books, aren't I clever? But if you ask Gwyneth Paltrow the plot line of Northanger Abbey, I doubt very much she would know. I have to be honest. There was a particularly an even more witless Instagram post that gets that gets shared frequently. I think in despair by people saying, oh, I've got someone said, oh, I've got a beige. They had a very kind of muted colour palette, to use the phrase, in their in their room. <laughs> and so they decided the best way to display their books to fit in with this was to put them the other way around, so the pages faced oh, outwards. No, so they look no, beach, so no, that's better. No. And it just gets to the point where I just think the liberal side of people can do that what they want is then replaced by the side of me that thinks I'm just sick of people being so stupid. It's just so wearing. I find it so frustrating like and, and this bloke is just such a such an idiot <laughs> such a next the next question what what are some book trends you are seeing now it's a stupid question that got the stupid answer it deserved because books on then books are not a fad they're not a craze <laughs> i don't think to which this bloke says the stoic philosophers are having a moment now i mean i i, I just i can't all i can do is read this out in an angry voice and dick Semmers, like ernest hemingway and jane austen always do well yes they do because they're classic and they're classic works of art that have stood the test of time not because you know all their popular so in right now and then he said to them, give us the details what's on Gwyneth's bookshelf um he doesn't actually tellingly name any individual books he just names themes all you know art culture photography i i i find this i just find this maddening i, I, I think we'll finish off with the last thing that has made me angry in this um what are three things a person can do to curate their own home library <laughs> so so me, me i would just think what books do I like? What books do I? What books have I read that I want to be read again? What books have I not read that I think, oh, I really must read that. I really must get Remains of the Day or something like that because I'd like to read it. Um, so Thatcher Wine says, first, think about what you are trying to accomplish. What? I just, I just want some books. Is there a story you are trying to tell? that I'd like some books. Um, a colour pattern <laughs> to achieve. Then think about how that might work in the context of your home and available space. For me, it's that's a clear surface. I'll put a pile of books on it. That's generally how, I, how I'm working. Then, um, second, acquire the books. You mean bust? Um, depending on how important the style and binding of the cover is to you, buy them intentionally. What, as opposed to going out and going home? And home. Um, depending on how, uh, yeah, buy them intentionally. Either at your local store, bookstore through online listings. Do you know what? I think I could have worked that out. I suspect that that's what it's. That's why rates are perhaps competitive perhaps challenging i sense the latter third arrange your books in a way that makes you feel comfortable and looks inviting it might take a few hours to get it just right i mean i i, I just find this <laughs> so depressing and the idea that that although you could argue that it's nothing new people often use different ways i suppose you could argue that people do the same with paintings don't they mm. people don't always buy paint particularly you know the moneyed people they don't always buy classic works of art but necessarily because they like them particularly with some aspects of modern art they buy it because it's saying something about who they are and people can ooh and ah at it when they come round and look at it on display so maybe i'm being a little bit harsh on poor old thatcher wine maybe it's just that i'm so so <laughs> So much of my life has been about reading and learning things mm. from 
books and, and books really shape my personality not because they're a shade of pink that matches my bathroom wall nicely but because you know because i i genuinely think that 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 is what keeps us sane and that is what keeps us what keeps us together as a, as a as a society i think i think that 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 love of reading which is why people shutting libraries over here is so frustrating and why some of us are working really hard to keep them open mm. because they are they are a great equaliser, I think. It, you know, lots. You know, anyone can read pretty much, and and books are still relatively affordable, I think. And it's it's still it's still a way that you can participate in a kind of a discourse. And I find, you know, trying to buy ten green books and putting them all in a row. <laughs> Or changing the jackets have existed, changing the jackets of Moby Dick because it doesn't match your front room. I find that to be so. I just find it to be so so offensive. I'm probably gone off the deep end for no reason on this, but I, I it just it really offends me. I find it absolutely offensive. Oh, f- fans of Thatcher wine will be overjoyed. <laughs> Out there, yeah, sorry to have alienated you. And fans of fans of him uh, overjoyed to learn that he has a hardback book coming out soon himself, and it's called. <laughs> the cover of it i might do it deliberately just to spite him <laughs> it's called for the love of books uh, that's his name but you'll need to have a love of books i would i would uh, change that too but anyway because on pre-order it's selling at 38 pounds uh, in the uk uh thatcher wine's book uh thatcher doesn't come cheap it it, no. it seems Surprisingly, yes, or rather, um, as as the parrot Iago in Aladdin once put it, uh, I am so not surprised, I think I'm going to have a heart attack and die from not surprise. That's how <laughs> I feel about Thatcher Wine's kind of rates, really. I, I, yeah, like you, like you say, it's a... Uh, but I, I wonder how Thatcher would feel if I were to take a hardback cover of a copy of his book and change it to orange because that, <laughs> I prefer that, that colour more calming. I wonder how he would feel about his endeavour being changed in that way. I'd be interested to know now jules um I, i've got to be straight with you here i've got a complaint well uh, that is fine i will i will make sure that i file it in the appropriate place oh, oh. well you see the problem is you had the nation last week last <laughs> saturday yeah collectively needing defibrillators after your appearance on radio 2 last saturday with joe lysett Yes, it was rather high octane, wasn't it? I hadn't quite expected it to be that high octane. Yes, it was. Uh, it was. Ryland was was away filming Supermarket Sweep, which is so on brand for Ryland, I think. And um, and Joe, Joe Lysett was in his place. Joe Lysett's broadcasting style is a bit different to Ryland's. Yeah. Ryland's is quite laid back and calm, and Joe Joe Lysett is very very. High. We rather we really did kind of sort of blast through the uh, Couch Potatoes quiz. We fortunately, who did listen, will know that being drawn eighteen on and get through on the tiebreak on the worldwide gross of twenty eight. These are never words I would ever thought I would say, by the way, in a million years. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm a you know what can I say? I'm back on Ryland this week. That's today, Saturday the uh, the twenty whatever it is 24th. of August, twenty fourth of August. Back back back, um, as opposed to Tony 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 um, with <laughs> Ryland from about quarter past four, I reckon. Um, hopefully it will be a bit calmer. Please make this week. it less traumatic, please. Yeah, it was just too much for me, and I was and I was yes. I was in it, man. So uh, so yeah, it was it was it was it was pretty stressful, I must yes. admit. So I'm sorry for everybody who said. The people who we won't name who sent melodramatic texts after I'd finished on the on the radio. Maybe I'm, me. I'm sorry. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't want to necessarily name and shame you, but um, Mr. Block Capitals man. But anyway, oh my God, I couldn't bear I'm it. Glad, I'm glad that everybody has calmed down again now. But I'm looking forward to doing that. That will be good fun. It's also Pride Weekend All here in right. Howard. 
Heisting. Hastings. So uh, I, w- I am going on a uh, 1930s open top bus as part of the council float at Pride tomorrow. Hastings Pride, the actual parade day and the bands on the on on the uh, on the uh, oval here in Hastings takes place tomorrow on Sunday, the 25th of, of August. I'm then going to see Ronnie Sides in Bexhill in the evening. Um, this is, by the way, my engagements are huge this week. I'm also you. Uh, we will. I will report back possibly mm. on this next because I think it's an interesting thing for us to talk about. You remember snooker legend Steve Davis? Of course, yes. Uh, yes, Steve Interesting Davis. Yeah, unfortunately, I said the Nugget is his official nickname. Mr. Interesting was his rather cruel, unofficial nickname um, by Spitting Image. It turns out Steve Davis is interesting because Steve Davis has been very keen on prog rock since since it was happening and is still really keen on it now. And not just, you know, mainstream stuff, but he really likes magma from Germany, for example, and things like that. So Steve Davis used to, I think, I don't know if he still does, he did have a show with somebody else on phoenix fm once a month about prog rock a radio show um he is now a prog rock dj live and he has formed he was formed a band i cannot believe i'm saying this fantastic news has formed a band called the Utopia Strong, which also features Klaus Tarabi from Gong and someone and somebody called Michael J York, presumably not to be confused with the original Michael York. And um, and they they are an, an all sort of electronic trio who are playing in Hastings on this evening, Saturday the twenty fourth of August, and then. Steve and Graham Massey from 808, uh, Steve and Klaus Tarabia are taking place in a with a DJ battle with uh, Layla, who's uh, been on Aphex, Twins Label and Warp and all things like that, and, uh, and Graham Massey from 808 State. These are these are words I never expected to hear in my lifetime. Well, you see, how do you think I feel coming from Hastings? I never ever thought that Steve Davis would have a prog rock band that they would play in Hastings. It is it is insane. So this is the place to be down here. I think now I'm fairly convinced that uh, that that you know this is where it happens. I note that it's ta- that he's also playing in Hackney later in the week, but uh, Hastings is is the place to be for Steve Davis to play. So I'm really really looking forward to reporting back on this because it's just the maddest thing ever. People don't believe me when I tell them that Steve Davis is in a prog rock band. I rather fear that I contributed to some of those sketches on Spitting Image <laughs> that depicted Steve Davis. What was your prog rock band? It's just... It's just I, I can't wait to hear. Uh, does he, What does he play? Does he, does he sing? Does he play an instrument? I think he might be playing the keyboards, but I'm not... Or synthesizer, but I'm not entirely sure. I will watch and let you know. Extraordinary. Thanks very much for listening, of course. Um, yes, always. Thank you. We really appreciate you being there. Um, and thank- We're not often not all here ourselves, so it's <laughs> nice to have someone else there. Thanks to Hilly and Rona for their help. Right. Now, back to 1989 for our closing track. But the thing is, Jules, it still sounds as fresh as if it was recorded yesterday. That's crazy, isn't it? I cannot believe this record's 30 years old. It is It is beautiful. I really love this. Um, it's such a great tune. And... Um, I just I, I I think it's such a such a lovely song. I could have picked anything by the Sundays and we have picked Sundays records before I think, but I'm picking this. There's something about the Sundays that lends itself to kind of the uh, not summer itself but the dying the dying mm. nights of summer I think so so when when it is hot and sunny but it's st- the nights are starting to draw in a little bit if you see what I mean there's something about that slightly wistful sound that I the sort of the idea of good times starting to fade that I think the Sundays fit perfectly 
absolutely fall really I think they're wonderfully talented they they I also admire them maybe I would like to see them reunite mm. maybe I could add that to my reuniting list although they seem to appear that the main protagonist and uh, David and Harriet seem to have no interest in well I mean they just live with kids in London I think I don't know, they have any interest in, in in coming back to doing it again a bit like um, when we spoke about Mark Hollis from Talk Talk mm. I think they just wandered off and they're probably not going to wander back but it's a shame I would like to hear how she sounded now because I, she's got one of my favourite voices because she's so pure and so she doesn't it's like Sandy Denny she doesn't really sing with any nonsense really and I just really like that so these are the Sundays and this is Here's Where the Story Ends Terrible year, which may 
You've been listening to a Parish Council production. <laughs>